ever read a book and wanted the main character in the video game that you're playing? Maybe as an Elden Ring's boss? Ugh, don't remind me. Uh, yeah, and have you ever seen a movie and wanted that villain in your next tabletop campaign? I've been watching so much Coco Melon, you know it! Great! <laughs> so... <laughs> so have we! <laughs> so have we! I don't have toddlers at all, do I? The Gamer Alchemy podcast will explore how characters from endless fictional settings might be built in different worlds and in different games. Hey! Would you like to see space ghosts in Call of Cthulhu? I'm ratting him out before I even finish this intro and saying that he looked it up and so did I. We don't know what that is, but it looks so cool. Yes, we're going to imagine it. We're going to imagine it. And hey, maybe uh, <coughs> Dexter's Laboratory. I did terrible. Dexter's Laboratory in Dungeons and Dragons. His uh, accent doesn't make any sense anyway, but hey, let's give it a try. Great. Whatever the combination that we always send to bring up, we'll talk the lore and game design and find the best fit for them here on the, the Gamer, Gamer Alchemy Gamer. Podcast. This is Dexter, the Gamer's Alchemy Podcast. I don't really know. Whoever did the voice, I don't know. I was expecting it some great German voices because I haven't seen Dexter's Laboratory in years, decades even. And <laughs> mine just came I out as wrong. like some weird Russian accent. <laughs> I like can't distinguish it. I can fall really easily into a good Russian accent. I don't think it's good actually. It's just what I do, and so I call it it's Russian. Slavic. It's Slavic. Sure, I'll take Slavic, Slavic. accent. It's actually one very easy to teach in voice coach. Anyway, anyway, you're not here to hear us talk about that. This episode, last time we talked about Golden Sun, which was an endearing part of Elliot's childhood that he deeply remembers. And for me, one of my greatest memories was when I got to go to my grandmother's over the summer and watch Boomerang on TV and see all the Saturday morning cartoons because I didn't get TV growing up. And all of my favorite characters from Scooby-Doo to the Thundercats and WB cartoons and Looney Tunes and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We thought, what if, and yes, some of these have already been done, but this is our version of a Saturday morning's version of Super Smash Bros. So Saturday Smash Bros. I don't know. We didn't come up with a cool name for it. but This ain't for you just... Sunday kids. Only the cool Saturday morning kids. You know who you are. You wake up early. You run to the TV. You twist that knob just to make sure that the frequency is right. You mess with those tin foil antenna bunny ears to make sure the connection is crystal clear because you want all those sweet, juicy Saturday morning cartoon antics. You know who I'm talking to. It's you, 90s kids. It's you, 80s kids. You 2000s <laughs> babies. You don't know what we had to deal with back then. It was uphill both ways when it came to quality programming, and we earned it. You're going a little too far with quality programming, but definitely <laughs> joyful, wondrous, guilt-free programming like He-Man and Tom and Jerry or the Pink Panther or Scooby-Doo, or, yes, we're doing it, Arthur. 
he gets his own part in this game. And for everyone who absolutely loved science, yes, Miss Frizzle. All on this episode, we're going to talk about how we can create those as characters in a Super Smash style version, uh, Super Smash style game. Now, Ellie and I talked about this, and our benchmark for creating these games when we do our Imagineering is. We're going to go with the setup of the original N64, Nintendo 64 Smash Bros, which had 10 characters and two unlockables. Four. So we are Te- starting... Technically four. Pardon me, four. Excuse me. I, I he forgot think to so. push up his glasses when he did that. There were only 12 characters when I looked on the wiki. I could be wrong. Anywho... <laughs> We are starting with 10 characters. Now, each of us have picked a few that we're kind of excited about. Some of them are going to be reskins. Some of them are going to be, not really reskins, but like reskins with a tweak. And some are just going to be totally off the wall. So um, I don't know which one of us would like to start. Um, I know that I am very excited for the first one on our list here that you've got up here. And I thought of it independently. I, I, okay, so the first one on our list is definitely the, the like what I call the best idea just because we're both excited about it and everyone will love it. We want you all to have a reason to stick around till the end of the podcast. So now that we've tantalized you with that knowledge, we're going to save him. <laughs> I see that. Playing, playing a game of cat and mouse, one might say. Um <coughs> <laughs> That's not Anyways. foreshadowing at all. <laughs> well, then I'll I'll throw I'll throw the ball to you. Where would you like to start? Now we also maybe we'll, we may talk about items and stages, but there's not going to be so much of that. We're going to come up with some really fun imagineered move sets for all of these characters. Um, again, there's going to be ten of them with that one we're both really excited about at the end. But and we won't think- we won't dig too like. We won't outline every single move like we did for Isaac, but um, no. we will give you enough of an idea for their shtick. Um, their, their shtick and maybe some unique moves specifically as we let the muses play upon the harp strings of our imagination. Yes. Um, I don't think a classical school at all. I, I, say all right. we, I say we deal with the only actual like pair of characters that are like they're separate. Char- <clears throat> there are separate characters from the same series. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you are a little more versed in their lore. So why don't you give us the introduction to the history? (laughs) Let's be very clear here. The show was, and you guys are going to know what I'm talking about the moment I tell you this, the entire show was literally designed to sell toys. It has no lore. Fun fact. Now it does. All right. All right. Now it does. By the power of Grayskull. I have the power, He-Man. Doesn't he? Doesn't he also say like Shazam or something? No, <laughs> no, he doesn't. That's Marvel, and that's copyright. He-Man and Skeletor. And Skeletor. These, when I imagine them for this, un- and I'm not going to say unfortunately. Now, the original He-Man, from what I remember, Adam, who is his uh, alter ego, the weak and 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 susceptible child-minded Adam of Eternia uh, is kind of like the palace. He's the palace prince. He has the reputation of being this little derp. 
I had like I felt like it would be cool for him to be a transforming character, but the more I've thought about it, Adam wouldn't really be wouldn't really be a good character. Now maybe a fun little flourish would be that when he like when the match starts in the Super Smash game, yes. like he calls down the power and becomes He-Man for the fight. And when he's knocked off the screen or something, he ceases to be. Um, but, I love it. So, but but as far as movesets go, we're going to get the simple one out of the way here real quick. He's really going to play like a swordsman. So He-Man, I'm imagining he's going to be somewhere in the same category as characters like Ike, or because he's big, strong, has a giant sword. Now, he does have a little teeny tiny bit of magic, and he has, and I think one of my favorite features of the Eternia He-Man world is it's a science fantasy. So there's a little bit of like... Yeah, this is definitely set in a fantasy world with magic, but like Eternia is this technologically advanced mm -hmm. place. Yep. Like what, because um, I mean, Man at Arms wields a gun and still fights in a battle, and Gizmo, I think his name's Gizmo, is like a cyclops with different eye rays. So he's still like, it's like my favorite thing, which is sci-fi and fantasy together. So he's going to play, I imagine, a lot like either Ike as far as speed and recovery and punches, mm -hmm. like hitting power. But I think moveset-wise, he's going to look a little bit more like our Castlevania characters because he's going to have gadgets like and gizmos that. that he can throw out. Now, his focus from what I... when I Now, I am not deep into the Super Smash Bros. world, but I feel like the Castlevania characters, their items are more central to their their kit. Yes, and that's Don't and know. that's that's because in the Castlevania games, like any Metroidvania game, um, it's all about collecting those items so that you have more tools. Therefore, you can also access more areas, do differently in different fights because some enemies you can only damage with this, or you can only damage with that. Um, and so those um, items were iconic to them, um, as, like especially the whip. Like that whip is iconic to the Castlevania people. So like he man, yeah. the sword you gotta have the sword. Therefore, and it, it's it's based all around him. Um, yeah, and I think I would flip it to where the items were maybe be more in the realm of um, like auxiliary to his kit. So yeah. I'm thinking more like Link. So you have the items, mm -hmm. but they are more for like interrupts and maybe like to capture that essence of like, it's not that I'm the most powerful man channeling some mysterious weird energy from beyond this world. It's because of the power of friendship. Remember kids, that I think that was my favorite part of all the episodes. At the end of every episode, it didn't matter what, Every episode, you had He-Man turn to the screen, break the fourth wall, and go, Remember, kids, if you see a friend getting bullied on the playground, you can be brave, just like me, and step forward in justice and righteousness, and stand up for your friend, or whatever. I did like, not know that one... that happened on the show, and that's kind of funny. My favorite one was when Adam accidentally ate a black flower and got tripped out of his mind... Remember, like, kids, don't do drugs. <laughs> literally, like that was the end of like the ending shot was Adam, or it was his, it was Titania, <gasps> which is his friend, turning to the camera and being like, "Remember, kids, 
look, when you are offered something that you don't know what it is or something goofy like that, don't do things that seem strange or whatever. Right? And I was like, it was, it was, because remember, they, they didn't make this show because people wanted the show. They needed something to sell the toys. So they created this whole world and needed something substantial. So, of course, in the 80s and 90s, let's give them a moral lesson at the end. I am not a crook. And everything's fine. I'm not a crook. Exactly. Um, so Let's He-Man. Yes, I agree. And for his equal and opposite, Skeletor. Skeletor. Now, Skeletor, in my mind... Now, what's so fascinating, and this is a conversation for a totally different type of podcast, but we saw with the ad, like, particularly in recent years, in my humble opinion, and I could be totally off my rocker here, we get this weird world where if you're a magic wielder, you are physically weak. Or if you are a, like, warrior, you are magically inept. Hello, Elden Ring. Skeletor, right, and I think part of it's because games have driven more of like storyboard design nowadays for some of this stuff. I could be totally wrong and I'm just missing some show. Tell us in the review or whatever. Hit us up on social media if I'm wrong, which probably I am. Um, at Ravenhood, R-A-V-Y-N-H-O-O-D, at Moose Captain, M-O-O-S-E, uh, underscore Captain, uh, C-A-P-T-A-I-N on Twitter. <clears throat> we haven't plugged ourselves in a while. It's fine. I, I I usually plug us in the description, but it's fine. Skeletor, for me, lands in this weird middle ground of being a spellcaster that is physically powerful. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's going to be someone who's in the category of Ganondorf, if we're thinking there. But I'm thinking something more along the line, because his staff is key. His staff is central. He hits. He can fight He-Man with his staff, but he also can like zap him with the weird dragon goat skull thing. So I could see him being a mix for like. Uh, I, 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 I Skeletor, I think, would have to be a heavyweight just because he kind of looks the part. I think He-Man would also have really? to be a heavyweight. I do. Um, I was going to say He-Man makes sense to me, but yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue, but I. But yeah, the, go ahead. The distinction for Skeletor is that I think that his playstyle is going to be similar to Robin's, um, where like he's got magic okay. mixed in, he's still got a sword. But the thing is, I don't. If he's a heavyweight who can use magic, his balance would be a little more difficult. Um, just thinking gameplay wise for Smash Brothers. But um, I, I, if you think he wouldn't be a, a a heavyweight, that might be the balance. Like, he's more easily launched, but he can pack a punch with both his sword and magic. But here's a thought that I just thought of. His whole shtick is he never actually goes and fights. Okay. He man, I always go around and I go around and tell my minions to do my job, like sorceress or Giz. I think his name's Gizmo. Okay. Animan. So, what if some of his specials? Maybe he has a few. Like maybe his auto attacks. This is how we could paint him. Like he's physically powerful in combat, but he's still a magic user. His normal autos, like his basic attacks, um. 
would be his ma- like he's shooting magic, so maybe he's got a little bit of range, okay, type thing. And his specials are him summoning his minions to do stuff. I'm picturing some of the weird Street Fighter games where like people switch in and switch out. Yeah. And I'm not saying he's a transforming character, but like no, like like maybe like a visage of them appears alongside him and does a move while he like stands right. there or something. Yeah, I like that exactly. And he he kind of floats or walks around and doesn't like animation wise doesn't look like he's putting in effort. That'd be really funny. Although like in the newer in the in the in the newer cartoons, he definitely has effort. But oh, 100%. we're, we're basing it off our childhood the... people. So yeah, all you yeah, yeah. young kids out there who are new and hip on the cool stuff nowadays, back off. No. Yeah. In the new one, her name's Evelyn. In the old one, her name is literally spelled E-V-I-L-L-Y-N. Evelyn. Evelyn. And Evelyn. 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 Yes. You need to do my bidding, beast man. Okay, I like this. Okay, so that's that's He Man and Skeletor. Skeletor. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so the next two, um, while initially the first one was initially Guy's idea, the second one I see is actually having a very similar play style, but um, still being extremely distinct. So the first one is, uh, and this was Guy's idea, was Pink Panther. Do 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 do. And I, I always have to catch myself from snapping my fingers like it's the Adams family. Um, so I, the Pink Panther, uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, is represented by Steve Martin in a series of movies. No, it's not. Those don't exist. He well, I mean, hey, Pink Panther does make it. So, the Pink Panther was originally a cartoon about a Pink Panther. Um, wasn't he just trying to gather pink diamonds, like in the Steve Martin movies, getting the Pink Panther diamond? Oh, oh! For all of you who are hurting in your soul, I just don't remember. Elliot. I remember the Pink Peter Panther. Peter Sellers is who is the true Pink Panther. While I do know that. Um, Steve Martin did an excellent Pink Panther, and I have nothing against that. In my heart, the Pink Panther will always be Peter Sellers. Before Jacques Lister and his hamburgers and his minkies and bims, in the 1960s, we had the Pink Panther show, and it was just a show about a Pink Panther getting in trouble or not in trouble, and the whole shtick around him was he... he he kind of like minded his he was a suave minding his own business type person in some cases and in other cases just getting into shenanigans but um always getting out he always got out of it but it was always slapstick on his opponent if that makes sense perfect so like so it wasn't that he did things to hurt the his his foes which was often like the store manager or in one case these trying to get his clothes washed at a laundromat and keeps running into this guy and he just loses his mind it's always like he closes a door and then the guy opens it and he's not there 
or he closes the door and the guy runs into it, or he pulls out and like tells the guy to stop, pulls out a knife and cuts the floor out from under him, and the guy falls away. Like very, very passive. Mm-hmm. And conceptually, Elliot and I thought it would be hysterical. You and I thought it would be hysterical to try and imagine what it would be like to create a Super Smash Bros. character that fought, but it looked like he was just avoiding what was going on. And I, I, I there's don't know so how much, to articulate that. There's a like, in other words, it's not that he doesn't know what's going on. It's just that he never lands the hit. Like, all of his damage is from something, it's it's almost like indirectly. Like, instead of, instead of a dash attack, instead it's, he like slinks into the background a little bit and pulls out a saw to cut the floor around his opponent, and like, it slips them up a little bit, and that's what causes the damage. It's not the saw cutting the floor, it's the hole he cuts that makes them trip and take the damage. And that way, it's like, it's never him doing anything it's him just getting away and being a little slippery and uh yeah and 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 i'm sorry go ahead well just things like that like um maybe and and i liked your idea where it was like somebody's coming at him and so it's kind of like a it's not a counter but what it is is like he he like suddenly pulls up a door and they run into the door i don't know right it's all indirect yeah and we the thing is I, I, hey guys, we don't. We're just imagineering here. Somebody, the expert, can figure out how that works in the game. This is just funny. Like it, it's just such a a a weird, a different approach to fighting. How do you indirectly fight somebody in a fighting game like Smash Brothers? And it's and it's not like that's impossible because there's a character in Smash that kind of does this already, and it's Mr. Game and Watch. Yes. Because Mr. Game & Watch doesn't necessarily always interact with it. He does things that make a thing happen, and then that impacts someone else, and they're innocuous things. He cooks bacon. He collects things in a pot. He spills oil on the ground, and it does something to the opponent. Now, I'm thinking, because of the way the Pink Panther plays, this would also be interesting. Again, game balance aside, we don't have a clue. What if he was a heavyweight so he was really really hard to launch okay but he had a really low damage move set i don't know if that would make him unfun to play against because he's really hard to launch but it's not like he's so overpowered that he's throwing him throwing people across the place but then that elongates this goofy character narrative of he's just trying to do his laundry i think it would be better to see him as like a cloud or sephiroth character who are heavy hitters but they're pretty easy to launch like sephiroth is actually like he's designed to be easy to launch because he packs such a punch and i think it'd be really funny like for these moves to like because you wouldn't like thematically they shouldn't do a lot of damage because he's not trying to hurt you he's just trying to get away or something but then they like really do hurt you a ton but then when you do land a hit on him like if you if you caught the pink panther he's caught and so okay. you do it, you do it like that if you catch him he he takes the hit and i, I was thought of his counter and say that would that feels better for the next character okay. it, but that was just but i like your i like your statement that he's like no once he's caught he's done 
fair. Anyway, finish your thought there. So, and I thought of a vi- one very specific move. This isn't necessarily thema- like from something, but it's like okay, Pink Panther's about escaping. So his beat up move is he just creates a ladder that he scales super fast, and then he inputs a left or right, and whichever direction he puts in like if you put left then the ladder falls oh. to the left or if you put to the left yes. the ladder falls to the right i love okay so question though how does that work off does it maybe that, it's it cartoon power. item that falls no no, no it's just car- it's cartoon power so um for those of you who aren't familiar with cartoon power it is an actual designated superpower that you can look up that people have and I just thought case, of something for our next character. Sorry, go ahead. One of the perfect examples that uh, in current pop culture, maybe a few years old, that has cartoon power was a uh, Spider Pig from Into the Spider Verse. He hit, he, he, like he has cartoon power. He can pull a hammer out of thin air and then pocket into another dimension. Like that's that's essentially an example of cartoon power. He had it. He was a great. He's a great example that most people would be like, oh yeah, I guess that is kind of weird. That's cartoon power. Um, so Pink Panther, it's just wherever he's at, a ladder just immediately appears and it doesn't fall. It just appears. And then when he in, it stays put. And so he basically makes a temporary platform for himself. But the key would be you can't just sit on it. It's like you have like a half second to input a direction or you just went straight up and then the ladder disappears. But if you input the direction, then it falls. And if it's off stage, it just keeps falling and hits whoever it is, which could function for you smash nerds it could function like a meteor smash so if it hits somebody it launches them straight down so if you do that off stage to somebody off stage they are meteor smashed and got and they're done it'd be really funny um i like that and then as far as like his other specials they could function kind of like peach who pulls toads and other vegetables out and throws them yeah so he could have these item item functions where he pulls out little things that he can throw, whether it's a paint brush and a paint bucket, and if he paints you all pink, you take extra damage. Yeah. Or a, like goofy things like that. So let's. Nice. This is also getting into our next character, who I said uh, I had this idea when uh, Pink Panther was first brought up, and I think that these two complement each other, and but I think they play very differently. Wily e. Coyote. But what's so fun fact in gaming, there is actually a game programmers thing called Coyote Time. Explain this to me. So in platformers, I learned this because I watched Day Nine. I've learned so much from you, Day Nine. So it's called I think it's called Coyote Time, but it's inspired by Wiley Coyote. So if you've ever played a platformer and you walk off the edge there's always a half second or less of time that you get to input your jump on okay. a platformer it's programmed so technically when you walk off the when you're when your avatar or your okay. whatever walks off the edge of the platform it's and this is in every platformer it's like standard game dev there's there's coyote time which is there's a half second where the game doesn't punish you for actually not hitting jump. Okay. But you get this like millisecond of hang time to input your jump. But it's an actual like mechanic. It's mechanics, not even the right term. It's just like general practice for building platformer games. I, okay. So next time you play, so that to be said, the coyote himself 
the coyote needs this mechanic I got it. in his moveset somehow. And whether it's Peach floating, I don't know. Oh, no. What are you I've, thinking? I've got it even funnier. So um, he's a heavyweight. Make for some reason, just make him a heavyweight. Or maybe, ah, I've got it. Okay. So it's not just Wiley Coyote. Wiley Coyote is known for getting items from the Acme Corporation. So of course. let's just let's just add to the shtick a little bit. Let's have him just carry around this giant bag that just says Acme on the side. And so all of his moves is he's him, he's pulling something out of the bag. So that's how he has the extra weight. But when he's launched, um the bag like like um when he's effectively launched so let this is gonna get a little complicated let's see if i can nerd this out <clears throat> okay so just talk it out just let it out elliot it'll be okay heavy, work it out heavyweights require a lot more damage in order to be launched so once he's acquired that damage he can be launched but when he's launched he functions a little bit like a lightweight meaning his damage threshold is higher to be launched than your like lightweights but when he's launched he flies like a lightweight because he like lets go of the bag and the bag just like flies with him but if he isn't killed when he's descending anytime that he is falling moving up to down he uses the bag like a parachute <laughs> And it slows his fall a little bit. Just as a small little Easter egg to Coyote time. And when he uses moves while he's falling, and maybe he does have like a peach kind of glide where she sits in thin air, he just falls slower and he can kind of guide himself just a little bit. While he's falling, he pulls okay. stuff out of the bag to use the same move. So like, he'll be like, instead, like maybe he pulls out a plunger to hit somebody for a move. And so if he does that move while falling, he just reaches up and just like and like pulls it out of the bag real quick while he's falling. Um, the, I, so I, what So my question, I'm trying to figure this out. So I thought the key thing that made someone a heavier or a lightweight was that they could not be launched easily. You're saying that he effectively turns into a lightweight after a certain threshold of damage. So essentially no, when he's launched the physics treat him like a lightweight. But until he reaches the damage threshold like a heavyweight, because it takes more... Just because it takes more damage to launch a heavyweight doesn't mean they fly just as far as a lightweight when they're launched. I understand. Okay, yeah. so there's that threshold of damage is greater, which is what makes him a heavyweight. Correct. It's just when he's launched, he... He, he always, he always like functions a like a lightweight. Medium, a medium or a lightweight. Yes. Because... I don't know when you would ever survive. You as do a lightweight when you're launched. Oh, you you can. Um, it just it okay. just depends. It depends on the stage and some some of the stages. Some of the newer stages have gimmicks, but um, I I think that'd just be really funny. Like he has all of this material, so that's why he's heavy. But when he's launched, he lets go of it and it just flies with him. Like maybe he's just like ah, like rotating like in a star, like arm spread, leg spread, and he's just like ah rotating and the bag's just rotating flying with him and so then when he stops flying he grabs the bag and that's when he starts floating mary Poppins style um actually that would and be his like down, the old his down b yeah yeah his down b is just essentially another kirby except what it is is he pulls out a massive anvil and plummets exactly he or better yet huge he he pulls he like instead of from the bag he just pulls an anvil out of nowhere and puts it in the bag and they just and he just uses it to collapse to the ground. 
something funny. Yeah. Um, but the reason there has to be somewhere where he throws. Okay. Ooh, ooh. Sorry. Finish your thought. I have one thing that I feel needs to be a special of his. Go ahead and say somehow. it. So it's got to be, I'm thinking it's side special. We're going to workshop this as we talk this out. Side special has to do something with dynamite. Oh, y- yes, yes, but, yes. But wait, but wait, there's more. This dynamite, if he's, if he's holding it, because remember with Link, he can pull a bomb, hold it, and something happens. Yes. Or he can throw the bomb. Now, when you're holding it as Link, that's a bad thing. Never a good reason to hold the okay. dynamite until it explodes. With Wiley Coyote, what if there was some reason or something that happened when he held the dynamite too long that it actually had you still take damage, but it was a positive thing if you held it too long. I got it. But you had the option to throw it. So I uh I was thinking that Wiley Coyote would have a bit of a Pichu mechanic. Pichu, whenever he uses an electric move, he takes a few points of damage. Um, and that makes people think like, why would you ever want to use Pichu? Just use Pikachu. Um, but the thing is, Pichu has his electrical moves interrupt a little differently than Pikachu's. Um, and so I actually use Pichu a lot. Usually it's because like somebody's getting cocky against me and I'm like, okay, I'm going to defeat you with the most humiliating character I think there is. Um, they're like, why do you choose Pichu? You're just going to hurt yourself. And I'm like, cause I'm still going to throw you to the ground with Wily Coyote. I love this. Di- I was thinking of something similar too. But you just you just put it in the perfect way. So if he holds on to the dynamite, if he does not damage somebody oh. else, if he does not damage somebody else while he's holding the dynamite and it explodes, mm-hmm. he's yeah. then he's launched as if he just took damage. But if he makes contact with somebody else, then he is rooted in place, and it's kind of like that. The, it's the it's the wily coyote look of when the dynamite blows up in his face. He's suddenly blackened out, almost charred, and you get like a little animation. So he stays in place as long as he damages somebody else with the dynamite. He stays in place and is not moved, and everybody that he hit is, and he just like becomes that blackened outline. Maybe he crumbles to ash and then reforms really quickly. Um, but that's the benefit. I have a proposition. Okay, I have a proposition. I like that. Except it's not just that he damages them. Because this is a hard thing to pull off. So, big risk, big reward, right? Yes, yes. It's the Jigglypuff down special. Oh, sleep. It's the sleep mechanic. No, 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 no. The, the, not the sleep mechanic. Rest is what I meant. It's the rest. Yes. Except that the benefit... So bigger risk, bigger consequence, right? Okay. With j- you get when you rest as Jigglypuff, you fall asleep and you are vulnerable for that moment. Yes. But you don't get launched if you don't get hit, right? Right. Wily Coyote, there's a it's a much more useful move because you can move with it. Yes. So stronger chance to blow them away. But if it goes off while you're holding it, you're launched. No, that's what I meant. So if it, if when the that's what I said. So when the dynamite when doesn't blow up, we're on the same page. Yes. What I'm saying is that it's not just that you damage them; it's the Jigglypuff rest equivalent. Correct. And but it, and and if you don't damage anybody else, you're launched. If you do, you're fine. <gasps> and there's side B. You ready for a side special? 
he goes like the, he he puts his hand over his eyes like he's looking for something, and you hear me me, boom, and a roadrunner knocks them off their feet like the like the fox dash. And that's Wiley Coyote. And the reason that we've put them and him and Pink Panther together is just because Pink Panther's all about like not purposely doing damage, but like Wiley Coyote actually plays very similarly, where it's like they they're both, both joke characters. Yeah, they're both joke characters, except Wiley Coyote is like always trying to do damage to you. All right, um, moving all on. Right. That is that is four of twelve, um, and we are making semi good time. Um, <laughs> good time. let's, uh, let's hit, we'll go quick through the next couple. Okay. So, uh, why don't you take us through my next two? Mum- yes. Do, do, do yeah. Those, you want to do Mumra next? No, you do Mumra. Mumra. So Mumra is from thunder, 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 thunder catch. Ho! We have a local restaurant called Thunderbird cafe. And I always think of the Thundercats. That brings me great joy. Um, but uh, so with Mumra, I mean, we won't spend too much time here. I just feel like he would be an interesting character because he's a mummy and he would be a really fun transform character because we have his kind of nefarious sorcerer version where he could use his wrappings to like reach out and damage and like some minor spell effects and then we have his like i don't know if it's called his ascended form but his ascended form is much more physical punchy throw ganondorf style so he would be a fun character again i'm not going to spend too much time here because it's been a long time since i've watched it but he would be neat because he would function like a sorcerer so glass cannon long like Easy to launch glass cannon to start, but if he has some kind of little Lil Mac mechanic where he builds up, of course I'm going to refer to Nar and Lol, but like he has a rage bar of some kind, or okay. every time he uses a spell, he builds. It's it's Cloud's thing. His limit break. Yeah. So every time he uses a spell, every time he does damage with a spell, pick your specific mechanic, he builds up his power. And then once he reaches full power, he transforms, maybe permanently, maybe for an allotted amount of time, into a very brawly, punchy style um, Ganondorf-esque character. And maybe he's wielding the sword of omens. I don't know, but he would he would be fun just because it's that it's that I'm playing a sorcerer that transforms into a brawler, type thing. Yeah, I like that's that. all for Mumra. It's also Thundercats, and that means Lion-O could be in the game, which makes me excited. Um, I like it. And then um, our next one is a very classic cartoon. Uh, uh, I doubt you've heard of them. Scooby-Doo and Shaggy. No, I'm just kidding. Like, zoink, Scoob, what are you talking about? Scooby-Snack, Scooby-Snack, ooh. Um, uh, yeah. We see this Your as a... Your thoughts on them first. I, I see them as like a... Uh, first off, their gimmick has to be that they're scared of everything. Like... Yes. Like, it's not that... Like, it's either that they are both like... Like, they have a slow movement speed, except, like, as they get higher damage, maybe they move faster because they're more and more scared or something like that. But, mm-hmm. like, um, um, I have to, or, 
there's got to be some special mechanic if they eat in-game food. Uh, there would have to, to be, be a w- there would have to be a way for food to be able to appear as not an item like they do something like, they generate it or like they generate because Peach generates food okay with well her ultimate but that's her ultimate that's the tough part she produces items maybe it just all right no this would be something like Wario so Warrior creates his Wario creates his bike right yeah if he eats his bike. His fart is stronger. I can never Otherwise, figure you out have the fart mechanic. I know that you have to wait, and I know that you have to eat or chew on your opponents. I can never get the mechanic down. Um, Look, I was it's think- a fart mechanic. I was thinking, okay, we're going to hit League a-, a second real quick. Rumble's overheat mechanic. What okay. What if, uh, as the, if they took certain consistent damage, like if they take... 40 damage uh, without there being more than a... Without there being at least a three-second break without receiving... Like, they start fighting somebody, and unless that yeah, they, yeah. unless there's a three-second break in combat, they have, like, a fear gauge go up. And so, like, this gauge just slowly increases as they take damage, and after, like, 40 or 50 damage taken consecutively, meaning there's not been a three-second three gap... Um, and them receiving more damage, then uh, if the fear gauge maxes out, then they ha- like have a small moment where they can't put in attacks, but they can run around. They will not run off the stage unless they're knocked off. But as they're running, they deal damage that way. That way, it's like a small like they're scaredy cats thing. Um, Nice. But it's also not taking away from combat. Like it's like okay, you can still use it. It's just you may not have as full of control as you would desire. That would just mean it would have to do it would have to do more damage than it feels like it should because otherwise they're going to feel terrible to play as with that mechanic. But like it let's be real. All of these characters we're picking because their thematic is super fun, not necessarily because it's going to be a good smash character. <laughs> Well, no, for sure, but like, there's something. In, so, because when I think of Scooby and Shaggy, there's a couple things that come up that I feel like you have to have incorporated into the character somewhere. Mm-hmm. First is that they're scaredy cats, first and foremost. Second, they absolutely love food, which is why I was thinking maybe food is more efficient on them. Okay. Three, we've got to get Scooby snacks in there somewhere because that's when they get brave. Oh, I got it. So where do they get their Scooby? Snacks? I got the Scooby snack. Um, it's. Like Zoink Scoob, tell Zoink me. Zoink Scoobs. Um, so they're beat up. Shaggy throws a Scooby snack up. Scooby jumps for it. And it's, Shaggy just holds on to Scooby as he jumps up. That's all it is. You hit, no, no, no. It's directional. So where you throw the Scooby snack. So you know how some. So like uh, uh, Fox's B. Yeah, Fox's B. Yeah, but look, but look. Here's the neat part. Wherever you throw the Scooby snack. Wherever Scooby takes a bite, damage, damage. I like like it. good damage. So you could throw a Scooby snack at someone and then damage them. I, and you could do you could have it be like a and their like, side could be their side B could be like pulling out a giant chili pepper. They both take a bite and blow flames. Something like that. Or oh, that'd be kind of like the ice climbers <gasps> uh, ice breath. No 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 no. no, 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 no. Here's the food. Here's the food. 
they pull a they pull a random food item out of their pocket. So it could be uh, chili pepper, mm-hmm. it could be garlic, it could be like pick your thing, and whatever they bite, they then do something. So if they swig the soda, they do a burp and it blows people. Okay. If they bite a giant chili pepper, they blow fire and it damages people. If they blow garlic, it stuns them with like. So make it a. But it's random. Let's say that there's those three. So yeah. Um, maybe. Maybe you cycle through those three that way because the thing about Smash Bros is that you don't like randomness. Usually isn't that fun to play with, um, which okay. is like Mr. Game and Watch's side B with the number hammer. A nine is going to be like the most damage and the highest launch. Whereas a one, it's going to be like a little shock and it's not going to do that much damage Mm -hmm. or anything. And that randomness, it's contained enough that like you're willing to put up with it. Um, Whereas effects, when they are random, it's a lot harder to feel like that's not fair. So instead, maybe they're just in a certain order. So like, it's like they always pull out garlic, then the chili pepper and then the soda. And that way, it's like you kind of. It's also. Uh, it's like Sora's uh, magic. Sora's magic. It whenever he does his B, you you have fire, and as if you spam fire, you can use it endlessly. But the moment you stop, it immediately switches to thunder, and then after you use thunder, it switches to blizzard, and then it, after blizzard, it switches back to fire. So it's like a rotational okay. thing that you. That way, you, there's the randomness isn't there, but you have to deal with whichever one you left it on. That's um, fair. I like that. Yeah. What about our next one? Oh man, this <laughs> the rest. The rest of these were more your brain children. The ones we've talked about kind of came out of my brain. Okay, except for Wiley Coyote. So, Most of these are yours, so I'm gonna have to lean on you for these. Okay, so let's go to this one. There may not be a lot of lore for some of these, but um, other ones we'll leave it at. So this one was random, but I have a really funny idea with it. So it's the Smurfs, not a Smurf, all the Smurfs. The Smurfs. Um Plural. and. And it's it, this isn't a case where it's like Pyramithra, where you choose one or the other. You are all of the Smurfs at a time. Like, they are a conglomerate. Like, just a blob of Smurfs that's moving on the map together. And different moves are different Smurfs. Just popping out and doing something. <laughs> that's as far as I got. I do not know enough, enough about the Smurfs. I just know... I and- don't either. When they're standing still, it's just the crowd of Smurfs. When they move, it's a cloud of dust. Yes, yes. Um, and maybe, maybe there's like a super, super small mechanic where, when they're running, there's minor collision damage that does not interrupt people, just because it's a crowd of people. Um, and so, like, it's like if they run over you, it's like one one percent of damage. Uh, for every second that they are moving while you are within their radius. Um, they have a huge hitbox. That's also that would that's a part of it. They are that's they're fascinatingly weird. It is weird. Um, because collision damage is not a thing you see in um, Super Smash Bros. at all. Like with any character naturally. There might be an like item ongoing collision damage. Correct. I'm like thinking if you're moving, you're damaged. That actually, yeah, that's a great collision damage moment but for the smurfs they do it but they do not interrupt you it's kind of like piranha plants poison gas it does a ton of damage but it doesn't bother you in any other way if you're not in it it's not going to hurt if you're in it you're just going to take damage you're not going to be launched you're not going to be nothing else so 
that's all I got. Uh, in terms of what this what the Smurfs do when they pop out, you all have fun with it. I just thought that'd be a hilarious looking character to play with. Um, the next, the only one. thing I can think of is that when they when they're up special would be like a a mushroom popping out of nowhere. Yes, yes, something like it. It launches them all, and it's like ah, and then they all yeah. like scoop back together. Um, the, the only the only animation difference for them is if they get launched and hit the screen, it's multiple of them. Yes, it's like it's like the Nintendog trophy, <laughs> and they all just slide down. Um, I hate the Nintendog. I sorry, hate character. it too. Um, so our next one, it's kind of a joke character. Um, I Arth- don't know how you do this, Arthur. Um, it's kind. You would have to figure out something like the villager and Isabel. Um, you just like yes, we're talking about Arthur from PBS. Yes, that's exactly that Arthur. It. The show that just reached its conclusion, and Arthur wrote a manga or a comic book that is the Arthur show. I don't know. Um, that's meta. That's meta. We're not so here for meta. Um, but I'm thinking that like. Every like find something about each of his friends, and that's all of his moves. Like he'll he'll do a his like his side B is a TV pops up and he goes, "Hey DW," <laughs> she's in the TV and like stuff like that. <laughs> and so he, he it's like he doesn't care about the fighting. He's just doing stuff with his friends, and they happen to. It's kind of Pink Pantherish where it's like he's indirectly hurting people. <laughs> Just hey DW. Um, I just see the troll spamming that off. Hey DW. Hey DW. Hey DW. Hey DW. And you just trigger everyone to kill you. <laughs> They're <laughs> like, get him shut up now. It'd be it would be the new Shulk. Backslash. 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 Um. Yeah, that's that was true. Like again, he spills his backpack of stuff. I don't know. Like that's his down special. He's walking and like spills rubble onto the ground. Yes, yes. Uh, um, yeah, that's all I thought of for him too. Again, folks, we don't have to build this. This is not something for someone to use unless somebody wants to be like, this is yeah. We'll we'll buy this They're idea. They're brilliant. Off of They're brilliant. Hire us. Really, no. this is all copyrighted. Yeah. <laughs> okay seriously, um, please this is what we want to do um okay so the uh the next three you and i have some familiarity or uh, i think possibly a similar level of familiarity i'm more with on each. the last two okay darkwing duck was my next one and yeah. for those of you that know darkwing duck you're like okay like yeah this this would fit into this kind of thing a saturday morning cartoon smash bros Darkwing Duck would be perfect. He's kind of like your goofy Batman Donald Duck character thing. And I'm thinking Meta Knight. Yeah. Yeah, and and but the, but you just got to make the stuff he does goofy. Like they are attacks. Like I I don't know why, but I specifically remember this may not be Darkwing Duck, but there was an enemy that was like just throwing super sticky and expanding pies at people or something like that. 
But like, that's, like that, that has to be him. But like, that's the kind of thing that he would do. Like, he just pulls out a pie gun and he hits you, and you're like slowed for a moment when you take a little bit of damage, something like that. Um, but all of that just he would be another. Here's cartoon power. Um, but he, Darkwing Duck, also he. I wouldn't say he has pure cartoon power. It's just, um, the stuff was so goofy that you could say like, yeah, that's cartoon goofy, and that's why his things would be quote-unquote cartoon power but he'd be like meta knight um with like he'd have a grappling hook to get back he'd have the like the pie thing or whatever um he has the the i think it's the dark wing what's the name of the vehicle i forget the name of his vehicle but um just just he'd just be a fun one that you could be a little creative just look into his source source material and you'll be able to find some stuff yeah for sure um, for these other two, on the other hand, now uh, they're real creative. The next one is definitely ice climbers based in terms of their pairing. It's Chippendale. Um, and because this is again a thematic idea, not really a Smash Bros gameplay idea, but like because like so much Chippendale revolves around music, I would crack up if like several moves just like you got like a line of a song from them like every like every time you start a battle with them the moment they hit the stage it's like chip 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 and dale and that's it <laughs> and that's like before the battle even starts it's just chip 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 and dale <laughs> and no one would play as them and no one would <laughs> <laughs> but that's again every time i don't want to kill him because i'll hear the sound again <laughs> why do we pick infinite stock time limit and not do three stock limit i don't understand oh well i mean i mean moveset wise we're looking at something that i i think ice climbers is a perfect example because they're either throwing nuts at people now i'm thinking <laughs> like old school chippendale where it's not the ch 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 chip and Dale, but they're like auxiliary characters to the yeah. original Donald Duck 1940s cartoons. Yeah. Where Dale is like sharp as attack, the strategic, like on point tactician. And Dale is just the airheaded dimwit. And so I don't know if there's mechanics where yes. if they're separated they get like panicked because they're looking for their other person or so, they are able to pull off pranks and throw nuts at people. I don't know. So you, a, your, your a high level, up. a high level tactic used with the ice climbers is that you are controlling the one ice climber and the other one is just following suit. However, if the main ice climber is like knocked on the ground and the other one wasn't, you temporarily have control of the secondary ice climber. And so it's a very high level thing and you can't, there can be split second decisions made that can change a game. Like it's like they knock down your main guy, but because they didn't make contact with the second one, you use that one to like throw out an auto attack to interrupt a smash attack that they were going to use to kill you. And you're saved for a moment. You're saved with enough time for your main character to get back up and you're you're back in the fight. Um, so with Chip and Dale, maybe it's... maybe it's uh, Which one did you say with the smart one? Dale's the smart one? I think Dale's the smart okay. one. Okay, so if Dale is the smart one, if not, then Chip. 
Um, maybe it's each move is like telling Chip to do something and Chip does it, but like a little wrong. And like Incineroar, because Incineroar is a wrestler and after each of his moves, he does like a little flare, like, ha ha. Um, maybe for Chip and Dale, it's, Dale tells Chip to do something and Chip does it, but sort of wrong. And so the little flair that Dale gives is like a, ugh, like a palm to the face, like every time or something. Oh, he's so funny. oh my goodness. Um, and so, and, but it's, and it's just them being like a clumsy duo, um, doing silly little antics. Like maybe their side B is like, they do a double cartwheel, like they grab hands and they like flip each other over end on end. And you could like do that endlessly to the end of the stage. And when it ends, um, it always ends on Chip letting go of Dale and Dale going like flat on his face. And then they stand back up real quick. Um, like, it could be something like that. Or like maybe one mechanic in their moveset is going to be an echo of the villagers tree thing. So the villager. Ooh, yeah. Like, does a couple things, and then if he gets the tree fully grown, then he can knock it down to do something really cool. But maybe with Chip and Dale, they have something similar where they, like, maybe they they do it, they input the, the, the command, and on the screen appears a nut. And if you can get to the nut, something happens. I don't know. I think there's a few things that you could consider um, because just based on like their individual, you'd have to fast forward to like when they did have like their individual series and whatnot. Um, but maybe it's just based on that. Like if uh, they get to the nut, they suddenly get the plane from their around the world uh, in a hot air balloon movie thing, or I, I don't know, think like, like weird things like that, or maybe like, um, maybe if they get to the nut, one of the chipettes joins them and they have oh it and, and it's like, uh, like a small attack boost because there's now three of them doing these moves instead of just two of them. Um, and then when like X amount of time runs out, the chipette leaves, um, that'd be really, yeah, I think it'd be really funny. Um, that's All right, we got two more. Let's, let's knock out the, the last one really quick. Cause I think it's another kind of like, Oh, so I think that these, the last two that we have the first one, I think they actually both have a ton of potential for smash. Um, but the, the, the last one, instead of a full move set, I think there's really two key parts that we really like about the idea. Miss frizzle, everybody miss frizzle of the magic school bus. Um, yes, I had like every magic school bus game growing up. Um, so I'm imagining because she's a teacher, guys, you gotta learn something. And so I'm imagining that Miss Frizzle has the most voice lines in the game. And every time she gives or takes damage, she says something that is like a scientific fact. And Guy said, make it a scientific burn. <laughs> like, um, like uh oh, what is it like? Oh, what'd you say earlier? I forget this. I said something like you're you you fell faster than the you guys, You I fell faster you than the fall of the Ottoman Empire. I don't know. Right. Except it would have to be science related, not history. Hi, I think we both studied history. I mean so, she 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 knows a lot anyways. Does she do? I don't know. She does, but she tends to focus on like science, Sciency. but like Yeah. Yeah. Um 
Yeah, and I think the other one we said was, was it her ultimate? Was what we had talked about. Her ultimate is like she shoves someone in the school bus and it like takes them somewhere in like some other dimension and leaves them there to die. Yeah, super dark. Yeah, um, do we? It's the darkness frizzle. She's been in the American education system too long. But I imagine her moves being similar to like Rosalina. Well, not similar to Rosalina, but like Rosalina, where she's commanding the bus to do stuff, and it's just becoming all these different shapes. So like, it's constantly in the background the behind chameleon. her. Yeah, it's so the bus is constantly in the background behind her, but every single one of her moves is her commanding the bus to do something. So it changes shape and does something. Um, and then oh, reverts nice. back. So that way, it's like she's she's just teaching. She's just talking and letting do do damage with the bus. I can't. Oh my goodness! So yeah, um, that's Miss Frizzle. That's Miss Frizzle. Um, and lastly, the one that we just the one that was our both of ours first idea for this whole episode. This is you. For this. This is you. You want me to take? Oh it? yes. Oh, you're so kind. It's Tom and Jerry. Oh, yes. There is an iconic morning cartoon that is more full of family-friendly violence. It is the story of the cat and the mouse perpetually at war. And there is a, like, the problem is, is there's too much for us to work with here. Some of my, one of my favorite shows is where they build, they're fighting their three, I think it's Tom's three nephews, and Tom and Jerry team up and build a World War I biplane out of a dinner tray and a pie, and they fly through throwing pies. Oh, man. And, like, oh, there's so much that you could pull from for this. Yes. But I... What I imagine the character playing as is they are not fighting the other characters. Yes, we had the exact same idea. They're not fighting other characters. They're fighting each other. Tom chasing Jerry or Jerry hitting Tom. So uh, Jerry puts on the little sword like and what 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 might even be interesting is 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 if they have three different like stages or sets. So depending on what you cycle through, mm-hmm. they switch to iconic Tom and Jerry like themes. Yeah. So the three musketeer Jerry and Tom, very iconic. The I love sword, it. the ham sandwich. They are dueling. Like when you move across, they're dueling. And then when you're hitting someone, it's them missing and ew, stabbing their opponent. Or um, it switches to like them getting to, anyway, like there's so much that you can do here. Whether so, it's you grab like anyway, sorry. So there's think so about much. think about these characters not as being in a fighting game. Think about their movesets as telling stories. And oh, the the story that each move is doing just happens to hurt other people. Exactly, <laughs> and it's so, beautiful. And that's how and that's how you imagine every single move. Don't imagine it as a fighting game move. Imagine how do I make a story of them both being launched through the air while fighting each other? How do I make a story of them both suddenly trying to protect themselves from something? The shield. How do I make a story of? 
Tom going to grab Jerry missing and he grabs somebody else. And so when he, th- when you input the throw, he's just like, you're not Jerry. And he throws you. <laughs> like, right. Right. Or like they go to like, I-, I don't know, maybe they throw a pitchfork out on the ground. And when you run up and the pitchfork hits Jerry or Tom in the face, he falls backward. And that's actually what damages or injures. Yes the opponent or when like their base oh my gosh this is it their basic uh their basic attack is just that classic cartoon cloud fight and fists and feet are coming out of the cloud fight and punching people around them wait okay i think i've got actually like the real mechanic that this would work here so um, all of this with whatever story each move is telling, whether like the cloud, like they're fighting and like fists are coming out, that you solidified this thought is they are not. It's it's their they do damage because what they are doing is just making contact with other people. It's not necessarily like one swings a sword and because the sword hits an opposing player, it hurts them. What if it's like, um, what if it's like, um, like one of them grabs, like, um, oh man, this is a hard thought to put. So let's say Jerry jumps up on Tom and, Mm -hmm. and he like grabs Tom's ears and shakes his head. Like, that's the animation. That's what it looks like. But it's Tom's head being shaken when it hits another player. That's what does the damage. So it's not the like the, it's not the action that's doing the damage. It's just because you as an opposing player are making contact with them in their story, you take damage. Yeah, and this isn't as crazy or non-traditional to Smash Bros. as we might think. Because there's there is Duck Hunt. Yes. A lot of what Duck Hunt is doing is its own story. Think about their side special. Yep. They're throwing the frisbee and then you do more damage based on if you hit the frisbee, it's a mini game yep. that happens to do damage. Yes. Their up special is the duck grabbing the dog's butt and flying like it's not that off par correct off the wall to say that this is something that's plausible where i think it's different is that duck hunt seems to be a somewhat passive it's not super passive but like muted like i don't imagine them as being super active with tom and jerry it's very slapstick super animated and they don't care about anyone else in the game they only care about each other they only care about hurting or avoiding each other and so when you damage them i think that the damage animation would be them looking very surprised like ah like where did this come from and then they immediately focus back on each other once the damage has been is done being delivered um, because they just don't care. It'd be a hilarious little story thematic, and it'd just be so entertaining to like play and discover how to use. Um, yeah, I think that I think they have. They would probably be the most fun to watch. And then like, 
man, if I had to immediately play one game with with some of these characters, I think my go-to would be Tom and Jerry with Wile E. Coyote, Pink Panther, and Scooby-Doo and Shaggy. Because it's like Tom and Jerry who are self-absorbed, Pink Panther who's just trying to get out of the way, Scooby-Doo and Shaggy who are terrified of everything, and Wile E. Coyote who's like, I'm going to blow up the world and you all are going with it. Like, there, boom, first four-player game. Go for it. Thematically hilarious. All right, so to wrap up, the question is, if you had to pick one of these to main, who would it be? Which one, I should say, which one of these was the most intriguing? Hmm. Because I know the one that, like, if I looked at all these and kind of the mechanics that we talked about, there's one that I actually really am interested in playing. Which am, one do you would you be interested in playing? Let's. I'm gonna go process of elimination. I'm not interested in playing any of the people that are classic attackers. So He Man, Skeletor, Darkwing Duck, Mumra, um, and arguably Miss Frizzle too, because <laughs> um, she would just be. You're she, not wrong. She's very offensive. Um, but uh, I would say, I would I would really like the Pink Panther mechanics. Of like like especially when I thought when I came up with that B up move where it's like it's totally he is totally passive. He actually he's kind of like Tom and Jerry. He is concerned. He or he he, he he's like Tom and Jerry and Wiley e. Coyote. He's like Wiley e. Coyote because he is concerned about the battle, but he's like Tom and Jerry where everything he does just passively affects other people. <laughs> and yeah. I think that's a really funny mix just to think about how he would play and how he plays like he's just trying to dodge everybody, even though his dodging is what's damaging people. All of his stuff is to really does hurt people. Um, right. And the other one, I think the, the second one that I would consider maining just out of sheer annoyance to people would be Arthur. <laughs> hey, DW. <laughs> I was, I was ready for it. I was prepared my soul. I saw you charging up and it just, it was good. To, uh, Hey, DW! Uh, oh my goodness. I personally, I'm really intrigued by playing Mumra. Okay. I don't know. It's just like that idea that I have to play this really fragile glass character for a while, mm -hmm. and then, then I get to flip and get rewarded for landing hits and whatever sounds real satisfying. Yeah. But I think it would be hysterical to watch a pro play Pink Panther or Wile E. Coyote. Because I feel like those are the characters, because they're so left field, that you would be able to get them and Shaggy. Like, Scooby-Doo and Shaggy sound fun to me as well, but I know that I hate playing Duck Hunt. Like, as a character, because I don't feel like yeah. I can impact the field well enough to feel effective. Yeah. So that's why I feel like I'm interested in Mumra. But a, a close second would be Scooby-Doo or Pink Panther for some of the same reasons you said. But, now, um, yeah, off out of the gate, I think Chip and Dale would be the most balanced of these. And in terms of most broken, the who would I think would be the most likely to be the most broken? Wiley Coyote with his whole like weight balance thing. I think mm -hmm. I don't know if that'd be broken or just really hard to get used to. I was going to say him or Scooby. Because if you have a if you have a group that can get a it's and you didn't say it was invulnerable, but like a running 
constant i'm thinking like their 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 side damage like their consistent damage bit when they get scared would function somewhere in the same way that it could be abused like fox's fox's just neutral special yeah yeah um yeah i think i think these are all hilarious picks um okay not hilarious for like he-man and skeletor and stuff but good picks from like your saturday morning cartoons and the cartoon nature is represented well in enough of them um and that's i that yeah this would just be a really fun roster of people to build something around Yeah, there were a ton that we thought about doing. Flintstones, Bam Bam came into the thought. We were like, when I, I imagined a Fred from Scooby Doo, where all he uses is traps, and a Velma, where she has a special move where it involves looking for her glasses. Um, we didn't even touch Looney Tunes. Nope, we didn't. And I think intentionally we tried to stay away from that because it kind that's kind of its own genre. I was thinking when I first thought those are literally every single character has cartoon power. So it's like, okay, everything's random. Yeah. I was trying to think of more in the realm of like 1980s and, and like boomerang level cartoons. So yeah, right. A lot of those Mumra, Panthro and whatnot. So I think let us know. I mean, I think we've, we've gone through our roster and our list who would you want to main? Who would you guys want to play as? What are characters that you imagine would be fun from Saturday Morning Cartoons? Now, we didn't do a lot of modern ones. Correct. We posited, we thought about Powerpuff, Powerpuff Girls. We thought about Dexter's Laboratory. Mm-hmm. I loved Ben 10 for the longest time. Um, some of the more modern cartoons we strayed away from because those are... I feel like a little easier kind of classic. Yeah, but. yeah. And um, I, I guess I would also think like, so there's anime fighting games, but I don't think there's an anime style or, or Smash Bros style anime, anime style Smash Bros game. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't think there's an anime style Smash Bros game. So in that realm, what kind of, uh, I, I, my question to everyone would be, what is, what would you like to see next if we were to create some mashup of Smash Bros? We have an idea of possibly doing uh, a literary bros where we take characters from some, some of our favorite books and putting them into a Smash Bros game. What category yep. do you think would be fun to consider? That's, I'd love to hear these and like dig into some of them because this is super funny and fun and there's got to be others out there to think about. Oh, yeah. And there's so much to do. We're going to kind of this month we're done with Smash Bros. We're going to move to I think we're we're figuring out the next one, but I think we're going to hit back into some of our League of Legends crossovers. It's not going to be D&D, I don't think, but we're still figuring that out. Anyway, yeah, let us know what characters did we miss? Which which cartoon characters could we would you have loved to see or would you want to play from Saturday morning cartoons? Like Elliot said, what? What themes would you think would be hysterical for a Smash Bros. smash up? See what I did there? Hey, 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 um, hey. Anyway, anything else you got, Elliot? No, man. I think that's it for uh, for a, uh, another episode of... Of the... The Game Podcast trying to go for a Thundercats thing there, but...